0: Ramblers, let's get rambling. 630 of my podcast, The whole Intelligent rambling right here on the Talk show Network, and one of the longest-running single-hosted pop culture podcasts in Ontario. I'm your host, Russ Hale. I've got a terrific show lined up for you today, and this show is a test. Uh, I, you know, for the longest time, I, I haven't I've been putting off buying any kind of uh, extra microphone, but there's something coming up later this month that I mentioned at the end of the show that is super cool and so i got myself a, a new digital voice recorder now i was very tempted to get I'll tell you right now and this is like an in mini bonus review because still need to test again <laughs> i was very tempted to get another zoom long time listeners of the show remember i used to have a zoom and i love that little bugger and it, it served me really well i want to know how well it served me go back and listen to some of the older shows from the fan expo days I used it a lot there, and it was a great device. And I was looking at some of the new ones; they're kind of pricey, and my budget's kind of tight right now. So I didn't have up getting a Zoom right now at the present moment. But what I what I did get when I'm recording this show on currently, not my old Razer headset, which I've been using for a while. It's 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 a digital voice recorder. That's all what it it says. It doesn't really say who makes it uh, per se. <laughs> Um, yeah, but it's, it's professional and we're going to give this a try, uh, with, with, and see how it works. It's really small. It, it's I'm curious to see how well it's going to function. I am recording this with a lapel mic. I haven't recorded a lapel mic since Jesus Louise back in my college days. So we're going to see how this ro- goes and then how it's going to work on the road later this month. i actually going to do some. Freelance reporting, but more than that at the end of the show. I don't know, too much. <laughs> so <I'll> tease you <laughs> till the end. Uh, and and we got a lot coming up on today's show. It's another. It's been a very busy time for me lately uh, when it comes to content. Before we get into what's on today's show, and it's, it's somewhat heroically themed, uh, I wanted to get over go over the the last episode of season one of Loki, since I've been talking about it for the last few episodes here. And again, this is as spoiler-free as possible. But this is the episode of Loki, where Loki and Sylvie finally confront the the man behind the curtain, if you will. The man that's been behind the whole TVA. You know. And 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 try to get some answers. And I don't want to spoil too much. Now, you know, long-term you know, people who have been watching a lot of the Marvel um, TV shows, we got really kind of disappointed WandaVision where they were, they were kept hinting there was going to be an appearance of a character, kept hinting it, hinting it, hinting it. And all we got was Ralph Boner. Okay. <laughs> so that happened. And, and I don't even have too much way, but we finally get in, in episode six, of Loki, you don't get disappointed. All right. It's not another variant of Loki. It's not you know, a lame kind of, you know, bait and switch. Oh, you know, it's Mandarin, but not the Mandarin. Oh, it's, you know, Razgul, but not Razgul. <laughs> that thing. We actually get a character that a lot of people have been speculating on, but it's maybe not the version you thought you'd see. It's, it's still a good performance, and it's by an actor who I've talked about previously, in in reviews, who's on Lovecraft Country. And he is just great in this role. I mean, does a really terrific job. It's a very dialogue heavy episode. Uh, It really is. Just keep that in mind. If you're looking for a lot of action, it isn't. And and the way it ends, the way this episode ends, really sets things up for this multiverse stuff going forward in the MCU. Sets things up for what's gonna happen in Spider-Man: Far Away from Home, and and set things up for uh, Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness, a lot of program, a lot of movies and shows coming up forward, and, and you know it's been debate. People are saying, oh, do I have to watch these TV and see you shows so to keep up with the movies? In this in this. And, and, you know, Feige went on record months ago saying, oh, well, you know, you don't have to watch the TV and you can still, you know, freaking pop up with the movies. I'm going to say, you know, um, I don't know. You, you kind of have to in this one. This, by, one, by this last episode of Loki, it then makes everything going forward with the multiverse, it makes sense. Right? It's like, oh, okay. Now I see how the other movies coming forward are gonna make sense. <laughs> so we'll so see where it goes with that. But it's a good episode. I, I still love the music in Loki. I gotta find the soundtrack. They've really pumped it up in this one. And and I'm very curious. And for all those who are wondering, because you know, was there gonna be a season is there gonna be a season two of Loki going forward? Whenever the heck it airs, because at this point, because so much of the MCU has been pushed back because of the global pandemic. I don't know. But they they did, they did right at the end of the show. They did confirm that for all you guys are like, we found a definite answer. There to be a season two. You get that answer. <laughs> it's like right there. And, and it. And the the season ends, it answers some questions, but boy, does it ever throw a lot else out there. And I'm glad, you know, it's not going to be the case. Because so many shows, man, you know, you look back through TV, there's so many shows that are a one season wonder. You know, like they they have a one season, they end on a huge cliffhanger, really hoping that they're going to get a second season and nope. (laughs) They don't get it, and and it's nice to see that, you know, not the case. So that's cool. uh There won't be. ah, It's going to be a wait now for another another MCU show because you know in the works. There's rumor that She Hulk is coming, Hawkeye, a few others, but I don't have any definite dates. So I don't know if it's even going to be this year. Really, honestly. I just don't know. So, you know, we, we got spoiled there, you know, with Vision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and now Loki. Just <laughs> going to be a bit of a gap before we get another. So that that's my take on that. Hilson is terrific. Uh, and, and I think everybody does a really good job with it. And I'm looking forward to seeing, well, uh, you know, more stuff in the months to come. So there's my little mini-review of Loki <laughs> for you guys today. What's coming up on today's show? Man, do I have a lot to talk about. And, and that was just the iceberg. I have so much this week. More than that at the end of the show. But coming up on this show, I'm going to kick things off by going back in time a bit. Speaking of time and dimensions and stuff. With with a with an old school review of the the on Blu-ray Tom Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible the very first one because there is speaking of sequels there's another one right, number seven number eight due out next year so they're they're up the Mission impossible, impossible Mission Mission Impossible Engine with a release the 25th anniversary of the first one back in 2006 on Blu-ray courtesy of uh, Paramount Home Entertainment so that review. And then we uh, jump to uh, some more fighting, a lot of fighting in this episode. <laughs> and that is the another reboot, if you will, a reimagining of Mortal Kombat circa 2021 uh, on 4K Blu ray, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. And I'll give you my review of that movie, another, another reboot of uh, more kung fu action. And then we go from the, the, the world of uh, Mortal Kombat back to the world of DC Animated. And this time it is the um, Blu-ray review of Batman The Long Halloween. Halloween! Part 1. Again, courtesy of great folks of Warner Bros. Home Entertainment. Where the Dark Knight takes his first steps in detecting... Te- te- trying to solve murders around the holiday. And another chapter in the uh, new... DC Universe movies. And I'm going to finish things off with some more DC with a brand new book review. uh, Courtesy of DK Publishing. And this time it is the new revised edition of the DC Comics Encyclopedia. Uh, Courtesy of DK. I think this is the third version of this I've reviewed on this very program. And it is a massive book covering all the multitude of characters in the DC you. That's all coming up on this episode of Ramble with Russell. So I'm going to take a little musical interlude, right, up the first review of the show. The right, review for this episode is Mission Impossible, a 25th anniversary remastered, newly remastered edition, courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment. Now, you know, this is one of these franchises that has been going on for such a long time. It's amazing to think that this amount of 25 years has gone by since the first Mission Impossible starred during Tom Cruise back in 1996. And since then, I know we had... So that happened in 1996. Then uh, we had the... And this is all based off of the old TV series, which was... An amazing show back in the day. So then, you had that in 1996, Mission Impossible 2 in 2000. Mission Impossible 3 was in 2006. And then from there, you had Mission Impossible 4, Ghost Protocol, 2011. Then you had Rogue Nation in 2015. And then there was... Fallout, uh, number 6, in 2018. And there is rumored to be a 7th movie in 2022. So, all starring Tom Cruise. And it's amazing to see the franchise where it's gone. I looked back through the archives. In the show, I have talked about uh, Mission Impossible 4, 5, and 6. So, if you go back to around those movies were released, I did review those. I'm not going to talk about the whole franchise here. All right? So... This is the first time I believe in the 15 year plus years I've been doing this show I've talked about the first movie. So the only movies after today that I haven't mentioned I've haven't talked reviewed uh, were Mission Impossible two and three. Now if they re-release those I'll talk about them. But for now we're just gonna focus on the first one back in 1996. And I actually did check. I remember seeing this movie in a theater back in the day. Back when I could go see movie theaters. Woohoo! Those were the days and this was directed by Brian De Palma and, and it was the the first attempt at kind of relaunching the Mission Impossible franchise which was a huge hit back in television back in the early days so in this movie you have Ethan uh, Tom Cruise stars as Ethan Hunt a young kind of rookie ish you know secret agent uh, who's under the, um, the tutelage of the John Voigt character, Jim Phelps, who is the same name of the character that came from the TV show. That's the only kind of TV show carryover, is that name. Also, in the team, you have uh, John Voight, uh, Jim Phelps' uh, wife, Claire, played by Emmanuel Burtz. And then you have the character of Sarah, who is played by Kristen Scott Thomas. <laughs> Very young Kristen Scott Thomas. I say and and then yeah so then so that's kind of your opening team uh if you will and and they are signed to 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 recover a knock list. and a knock list, an N O C this is a legit thing this is a list of agents that, it's a, a list of agents with their field you know cover names and then tied into their real name and this is a legit thing. I didn't think it was, but but it is a thing that actually happened. So this team at the start of this movie, they get assigned to recover the list that is is getting stolen. And if it gets released down the world, then all these agents, all their cover gets blown, and they are put into danger. So that that's kind of the the premise of the movie, if you will. So the start of this movie that that's it, and it very opens up very like an you know, old school, yeah, your mission should you were accept it. <laughs> and so it starts off, and the mission, you know, starts off really good, but then it goes sour. It goes sour in a very bad way. And and it, and, and it ends up that that Ethan is the only like things go wrong, and when they go wrong, they go very wrong, and and practically all of the team gets killed, except for Ethan and Claire. And then they have to, and then the character of Jim Phelps is kind of like a mentor to to Ethan Hawke, and so his movie, his mission in the movie is to, one, recover the knock list, and two, to um avenge the death of Jim. So that's the premise of the movie. Along the way, he gets joined by, he has to recruit, of course, new team members, because his old team gets but off. He gets he recruits new team members in the form of um Krieger, played by Jean Renault, and Luther, played by Ving Raims. <laughs> to to recover the list and to find Jim's killer. And it's very much a, a a it's a good spy movie for back in the day. The music is is done by Danny Elfman, who does to this day one of the best remixes of of the Mission Impossible theme, I've ever heard. Like the, tom, 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 tom. I remember seeing this in the theater, and and this really to me established, uh, established Tom Cruise as an action star. So because before then, you know, he'd done a few things here and there, you know, he did the Top Gun, but he, this really kind of elevated him that level, really. And and it's it's a good movie. I mean, there's just some really great action scenes in this and, and it's really high paced. There are some twists and turns. And I remember back in the day when I saw this in the theater and in a region that I no longer live in, <laughs> it was really fun. Uh, I really, you know, it was, it was a good, good ride. And, and for years I had the soundtrack to it. Cause I just love that remix. And, and it's one of those, it's like, it's a Tom Cruise movie that I actually like him in. I mean, with him, it's hit and miss with me. Sometimes he's really good. And sometimes it's like me. But I, I find that the, the stunts in this were really well done for back in the day. I mean, sometimes there, there are some where the visual effects are like, okay, they don't age that the greatest, but for the most part they do. And the end sequence is crazy. Stuff they did on top of the train. <laughs> it's just, man, nuts. And then, and then, of course, this movie has the famous scene where they have to lower him down the shaft and the whole force-sensitive room and all that kind of stuff. So that that's there. A fun movie, and it was nice to rewatch it again. Uh, this release does come with a IMF sticker that, or car decal, you can have for your very own. <laughs> I, I've not put it on my car, but it's, it's there if you want it. And the extras on this aren't too bad. I mean, if, if you haven't ever picked up this movie on blu-ray before this is definitely one to pick up you get a lot of extras you get and, and a lot of these are um you can tell they're a little dated like they were done a few years ago <laughs> kind of but still if you haven't have this you have like uh, the mission have, so there are a bunch of small ones you have uh mission remarkable which is just highlighting the film you have 40 years of making the impossible so it's a nice featurette not only highlighting the movie, but highlighting the old TV show as well. Uh, when it comes out, to show a lot of footage from there. Mission Spies Among Us, which is um, just more behind the scenes. Uh, Mission Catching the Train, showing how they did the train sequence. Mission uh, International Spy Museum. It's, it's a nice featurette. We actually show a legit spy museum and some legit spy stuff. Then uh Agent Dossies. These, it's that this is just you can go through each of the actors and it does a little bio and stuff. Nothing if you, if you want to spend the time to look through it, you can. Uh, mission Marketing, which is all the trailers and the TV spots. Now, what's interesting about the trailers and the TV spots? I watch these, and there's and many of the TV spots, many of the early ones anyway, and the trailers, <laughs> they they include a scene near the end of the movie that if you see this trailer, it's going to totally ruin a moment at the end of the movie because you'll know how the movie, like there's a big tension point right at the end of the movie with the train. And if you see the trailer, you're going like, I already know how that, that, that turned out. And that's going to ruin it. So for all you that are out there, that you've never seen Mission Impossible, this movie. Don't. I'm going to warn you now. Don't watch the, the trailers before you watch the movie. Are you'll spoiled. I can't believe that they would... Of all the clips in the movie, you want to put that one in. In there. Yeah, it's cool. It's a great way to advertise it. But you totally ruin an ending, the part of the ending of the movie. Any kind of tension. You you kill it with that. And I, I don't get the logic. It's like you're giving a big thing away there by doing that. It's just... Pfft whatever uh there's a photo gallery which is very much like you know the um the dossier's one if you want to do that photo gallery a trailer gallery in hd now they include two clips here excellence in film cruise and generation cruise these are two compilation footages that were made of cruises work for two different ceremonies that are a bit apart it's interesting to watch these because it shows Tom Cruise's career up to a certain point and they're completely edited in a different way and and the the, it's the music choices the clip choices what one chose, what didn't one's a much longer version one's a much shorter version and it's, it's like a highlight rule they did for each of them for Cruise before I guess for these award ceremonies and the cuts you can see the ones they chose in common and different styles you know if if you want like uh a tommy cruise montage sequence you get two for the price of one release so that's speaking as a guy who edits stuff it, the, the choices they choose to go okay we're gonna put this clip together we're gonna put this music different way to different ways to, to show off an actor's acting. Some of them, <laughs> these clips, really highlight how sometimes he can be really a good actor, and some of them highlight how, man, he'd be full of cheese and cheese a lot. And you can tell they're older because it only highlights his film career up to a certain point, and it's like, he did a whole whack of movies after that. Be curious, I'd love to see if somebody said, Like, today, as of today, okay, we want you to make a montage of all Cruz's performances in movies up to now. Do that, put it to music, and then compare that to what I see here and what edits remain the same and how much more gets added. Like, the updated version of that would be very interesting to see how it would be edited. So, That's just me. No commentary on this, which is really disappointing. I would have loved to have heard from either Brian De Palma or Tom Cruise. Heck, both of them together in one commentary? Wunderbar. That is what is kind of missing in this. That would have been nice icing on the cake. I know a lot of directors these days, they're they're too big for their britches, and they don't want to do commentary, or certain stars don't want to do it. And I can tell you ramblers... If I had the chance to direct a movie, if I had the chance to act in a major motion picture, and then they came to their video release, and they said to me, Hey, Russ, do you want to do commentary for it? I'd say, sure. When do you want me to do it? Where do you want me to be? Let's get her done. I would do it. You can hold me to this right now. I would do it. If I had that opportunity, I wouldn't balk at it. I would want to give back that way, but just people don't want to do it. And I don't know if, and if I'm wrong, ramblers tweet me, let me know if if I'm wrong. If De Palma or Cruz or anyone associated in this movie has ever done a commentary on any movie they've been in slash directed, let me know. Tweet me it. Let me know. I want to hear if if they have, and I'm wrong. (laughs) Pfft. I because I don't have the time to look through prove that, but if you found it and you can prove it, tweet it. Uh, you know and, and if you do, I'll mention it on the show. I'll I'll, I'll give credit where credits due. I'll check it out and, and, if, and if you can uh, I, will, I will gladly mention that that you found it because ah oh, this trend in entertainment is really annoying. You know, it's just it's some of the, the, the minor, the, the lower tier directors, they're more than willing to do it, and some of the actors. But some of these upper ones, it's like, really? You, you, you couldn't just take some time out of your day? The only excuse is you're dead. I'm sorry. If you're living now and your health is decent, let's go. <clears throat> you know, unless you have something that affects your memory... But I've, I've been missing commentary and I don't think there was a gag reel, which is a shame. Should have been. I'm sure there was some funny things that messed up. And no real deleted scenes either. It's, it's a good amount of extras. I think if, if, if they really want to make this a really special, you know, 25-year anniversary disc, you would have made it two Blu-rays and a lot more extras. And a little bit more fooling than what we have. And film some new stuff, too, looking back. Would have been nice. All right. So that is my take of the Mission Impossible 25-year anniversary re release on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Entertainment. <laughs> 4K Blu-ray movie review for this episode is Mortal Kombat circa 2021. Courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Warner Brothers Home Entertainment sent me a copy of this Blu-ray to review for this podcast. The opinions I express are my own. Now, of course, this is the yet another retake of the Mortal Kombat movies. We of course had the the ones in the 1990s, where the first one was really good, and the second one, me, me. me. So. I was really anticipating, you know, looking forward to, to seeing yet another take on this franchise. And and the first one, man, I still have that soundtrack. Well this is a really good remix of a song. So I was really curious to see what they would do with a brand new interpretation of these characters. And if you don't know, Mortal Kombat is like the granddaddy of fighting games. And it's still to this day one of the more brutal, brutal games you can ever play, fighting. And this movie, when it comes to brutality, definitely delivers. Starts off, in a really kind of, and this is directed by James Wan, and starts off in a very interesting way uh, when it comes to this film, and that it, it starts with a very serene, kind of pretty way, where we we get the the rivalry between between scorpion and sub-zero really gets established like bam right at the get-go and and it gets pretty bloody at the start of this movie i'm telling you this movie is not for anybody who's squeamish i'm gonna tell you right now (laughs) it starts off kind of you know and and it and it just goes through the whole thing so be forewarned i you know if you have a weak stomach and, and there's a lot of, like, start of this movie, there's a lot of, like, CGI blood. I'm not conv- completely convinced about CGI blood yet. I mean, it's quick and easy, but a lot of times, even watching this now, it, it's, it looks too CGI. Maybe I'm old school and give me, you know, squibs and practical effects, but there are a few shots throughout this movie, especially the start, where, you know, guys are getting kind of stabbed, and, it, and, and the blood kind of spurts. Look very computerized, and like, and it takes me out a bit when I see that. It's just like, we we're in a hurry to get these done, and you 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 thought ah good enough, let's keep going. So there's a bit of that when it comes to it, and it's very it's very brutal to start, and so yeah, they gotta make better CGI blood, and you don't get a title to like ten minutes into the actual movie. And this one of these movies, I, I kind of wish I could have seen the theater for some of it. Some of it would have been kind of hard because we're getting to kind of saw territory. And <laughs> more than that, a bit. And so it starts like Ancient past and moves into modern day. And we get introduced to a, a brand new character to the game. Now, the, the first movies, the um, movies back in the 1990s, your main, you know, um, kind of, you know, hero. Was, 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 I believe it was Kung Lao, and that was like right from Olao Kang, but it was, it was one of the main characters, like right from the video game. For this time around, yeah, those characters are in this one, but, 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 your main lead is a brand new guy <laughs> called Cole Young, played by Louis Tan, who is was an MMA fighter you know, who's like, ah, uh, you know, like, he's, he's a wife and a teenage daughter and he's the kind of guy that's just on like a really bad kind of winning streak, right? And he has like the, you know, the dragon kind of Mortal Kombat thingy in his arm and that drags him into <laughs> this world. Also, early in the movie, we get introduced to Sonya Blade and, uh, who, this is, film is played by Jessica McNamee and, and you also get introduced to Jax, too, is in this and, and this is, and Jax, interesting enough, is played by Macad Brooks. Of course, who we last saw as um, as um, Jimmy uh, from 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 uh, Supergirl. <laughs> Jimmy Olsen, and he plays Jax. And and you kind of see the origin of of Jax. In this and and you don't though don't get the big pumpy arms much later in the movie <laughs> oh so that gets introduced and then we also uh have had this movie uh melina is in it reptile although he's strictly just a reptile not a dude in the green suit that's kind of lizardy so if you're expecting that version i said no and his cgi pff, not bad <laughs> for the most part uh and then uh you also have Raiden is in this one, and no, not Christopher Lambert. <laughs> and uh, you have Goro is in this, Shang Tsung, although I liked the actor who played Shang Tsung in, in the 90s movie better than this guy. I thought that Shang Tsung in this one was barely in it, and I don't know, he just didn't seem threatening enough to me, whereas... The one for the '90s movie. He had he had such a presence, and I think he worked better, really, as it when it come to that. I like the actress who played Sonya. I thought she was good. Now the now there's a bit of a controversy in this movie. All right, and 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 Liu Kang doesn't show up by the way uh, until like 32 minutes into this. There's a bit of controversy in this movie. And, and this is just Hollywood these days, and I don't know why this keeps happening, but some characters got a little bit race-swapped in this movie, and I don't know why that had to happen. Now, the one uh, the one character of um, Raiden, he... Now, I'm really mixing spouses, maybe it's supposed to be Asian, but he's played by a Japanese guy in this one. And I don't mind it. Still works. He still, I think he still works as Raiden, although he has a metal hat instead of a straw hat, because he went to something different. The biggest change for me is Melina. And, and trust me, folks, I have nothing against the actress, okay? Nothing against her per se, uh, you know, C.C. Stringer. But the, the inclusion of her as Melina is, is a bit of tokenism, okay? Because in the past and in the movies and in the video game, Melina was never black, okay? Never was she ever that? And, and in this movie, it, it, it's almost like, you know, we're going through, like, diversity, you know, check marks and going, all right, we got this, we got this one in here, check, this one in here, check. Do we have, you know, we have an African-American black person in this movie? Darn it, you know, we don't. None of these characters, you know, there are characters in, in Mortal Kombat that have that skin tone, but we don't want to use them in this one. How about we just switch up Melina? Yeah, nobody's going to notice. And it doesn't, to me, as a guy who's played a buttload of these games and seen a few of these movies, seen a lot of adaptations, it really doesn't work for me. And and they do it to her. The character barely talks. There are some deleted scenes, and we'll get to those, which has a bit of lines. But for the most part, why'd you do it? She doesn't have that big a role in this. She's kind of in the good fight scene. But she's not really in it much. So, you know, I, I see why he did it, but by doing that, what does that accomplish? You know, by switching that out, does, is it much of an exposure to make a difference? Are you really just, you know, oh, let's do the, the checkbox? It really... And by doing that, uh, Melina that way, then, then you have to say, oh, then, then, then that makes Katana that way because in the game, they're twin sisters. And, and she wasn't that way either. So, I, I, you know, it, it's this you know, we have, it's an unnecessary change, really, to this end. I, I, I don't see the purpose it serves. In, 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 in this, and and the, the acting was you know I mean you had the you had that ah, face and and her outfit it wasn't it was all kind of armored up and covered and and not even close to what I remember saying in the games and lately and I, and I read up on this lately the 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 female characters in the games have have gone through de-beautification. because Lord Lord help us. We have attractive females in video games anymore. Oh, no. Oh, no. We must avert the male gaze. The male gaze is evil. Oh, no. So we got to cover up all the females and, and, and make them the least attractive as possible. And, and this has happened in the, Mortal, the recent Mortal Kombat 11 game, and people weren't happy with that. And you look. I mean, Sonya. At least costume-wise with Sonya, good. All right? But... But with Melina, and then I hear with these games, why? Why is now the female form not something to be celebrated? And and why? Why are curves evil? Why is? Why is this? this is an ongoing problem with Hollywood. And that and now now that's bad. Now that's bad to show a strong woman that actually looks good. No, no, that's, that's evil. We can't show that anymore. It's bad. And and the and the trend continues and it's like why? You know, you know yes, I, I I granted, well, okay, well practically if women fought they would you know they'd had some kind of protection. Da, 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 on them. This is a fantasy game, okay? This is a face on a video game, fantasy world. <laughs> You've gotta <sighs> so and that so I can see why that happened. So for all you guys are like you know, if you really want to see that version of Molina, then you just play the games, I guess. Um, the, the, the acting, for the most part, is good. It's very much a... It, it falls a lot around this story of this cool character and, and his connection with Scorpion and, and there's a lot of family in this. The Goro animation is good, uh, but I feel his character's kind of wasted. He's kind of there and then kind of done and you know and and there's another character and and maybe I'm not up in my Mortal Kombat stuff it, there's a the chick with wings okay uh, i think it's Natara the character and 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 she's in there for like a hot minute and and then and then there's a fight and then it's like all right we're done with her <laughs> like okay all right and and some of the the, the brutalities I'm going to warn you, I, I forget how, I mean, the first 90s films were, were pretty violent. There, there's, there's violence in this one that is saw level, okay? So be forewarned, not a movie for little kids, unless you want them to have kind of nightmares. Uh, but it, So it's very brutal. I mean, it really highlights... Although one thing I they didn't show in the movie, which I missed opportunity in the modern video games, when you're when you're fighting and punching, sometimes when you hit somebody really high, it like does an X-ray show like the bone breaking and stuff. They didn't they didn't incorporate that into the movie. And I thought, wow, you know, for all, you didn't like put that in. I mean, there's still you know, the get over here, still there, and some of the lines the movie are put in, and there's a there's a tease of. You know, dun, dun, You know the the theme song. The, they tease it a little bit. It's like we we'll tease it, but then we won't commit to it. And then we'll tease it, and then we'll pull it back. So I don't know. The '90s soundtrack to me still stands out, man. If you could find it, like that, that dun 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 dun, dun, dun is one of the you know such a good fighting music. Uh, and that's that. So you have that the the effects in this, other than the fake blood. um... Pretty good i mean there's just one scene where everything is like iced up and they're finding like an iced room and that that all looks cool and overall it, it's a fun movie uh, i think you know I, they, they definitely set it up for a possible sequel they tease a character in this movie and there's a lot of stuff in the movie that are nods to other characters they tease a character in this movie like right near the end that was in the 90s movie that wasn't in this movie and, and and that's a character by gosh by golly man, they, they cannot gender swap, race swap this character. If they don't if they make a sequel and they bring him in like they bloody well teased it, and they don't keep him the way he was in the game, and they just change him just because we can. After they tease him in, in 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 the in the in the game, although in the movie, although if you watch how they tease this character, they never show his face. They're very careful about that. They hint the name, but they never show his face. So, I don't know, fans of that guy. I mean, I mean, they, they did him a bit of a dirty in the 90s, um, in the sequel, that movie. <laughs> um, but we'll see what happens to him. Oh, oh, Kano is in this movie. Kano is, is fairly good in this. He, he's Although he is very stereotypical. Oh, I'm Kano and I'm a villain. <laughs> kind of thing. Just, just saying. Um, so that's there. And so yeah, I, I hope if, if there's a sequel and they bring out the character they super teased <laughs> that just keep him the way he's supposed to be for the life of Pete. Don't, don't race gender swap him. Because if you think the outcry from Alina is bad, if you think people are really PO'd about that, oh, Lordy, if you done change him, there will be so many that it it will not do well. I'm calling it right now, Ramblers. I'm calling it right now. It will not do well. Four extras on this. You get a lot of of extras for this release. And it's nice to see, you know, because sometimes... Films get skimpy. Uh, you get a lot of deleted scenes, and some of deleted scenes have like dialogue for that Molina character. So they like, like they she had they recorded dialogue, but they edit. They didn't make the final cut and the casting choice. Uh, then you get from game to screen the making of Mortal Kombat. It's a nice behind the scenes look where they they talk about making the movie. A lot of characters talk about oh you know Mortal Kombat. It's my favorite game when I was growing up. They show a lot of scenes from the video games. It's funny. In these featurettes, they they kind of you know hint at the previous movies, but they don't outright say, "Oh, well, you know, we're doing this movie. It, it's yet another iteration. Um, you know, it's not really totally sequel based of those movies. It's just another take on." It. They they really gloss over that movies were done before on this IP. They almost like saying, "Well, you know, it's been a lot of video games, but this is like the first movie." And like, no, no, it hasn't been. This is like. Technically the third movie, there's been a TV miniseries, there's been a buttload of animated stuff done on Mortal Kombat, so no, not the first take, people. Uh, and even the games are very cinematic these days. I mean, Lord mighty. <laughs> then you have um, the Mortal Kombat fan-favorite characters. These are 11 featurettes where a bunch of the characters, uh, actors from the movie go over their characters and why, how they feel about them, and yada, yada, yada. Of course, just glossing over how Molina used to look. Just, you know, we won't even mention that. We'll just keep going. <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. Uh, then they have um, in, Into the Crypt, Easter Eggs from Mortal Kombat. The, the, it's where the uh, people from the movie, almost pick that, um, go through and they talk about all the Easter Eggs, right? There are a lot of Easter Eggs in some. If you're a fan of Mortal Kombat, you'll know. Some are like, okay, I sort of can see that. Uh, They have an uh, autonomy of the scene, seven featurettes. So, yeah, a lot of behind the scenes, no director's commentary, which is a shame because I would have liked to have heard it. I would like to have heard the director's commentary and maybe some actors included in that as well. So, (laughs) there you go. So, uh, So, my final take on this. Uh, yeah, it's great to see Mortal Kombat back in movies. Uh, I think it's one of those like you play a game, you say, you know, let's make a really good movie. And I, I said I enjoyed the '90s movie, even though you know the second one had its is- annihilation had its issues. Woo Um but you know I, I always enjoyed those, and it's I nice see it redoing again. Like I said some of the, the the character changes. I it's not. Necessary, and I think tokenism and pandering, but this is the world we live in now, uh, and it is what it is. I'm curious to see uh, if they do do a sequel and, and where it goes with that. Do they build off of the Cole character and what they establish, or do they, you know, go full forward with the character they hinted about at the end of the first movie? And then go from there. It's and, and and then what other characters that are still around? Not everybody characters make it through this movie. Uh, makes it into the sequel, you know, because there's a lot of possibilities here. But you know, because Mortal Kombat, the game, like Street Fighter, has so many characters to choose from. So we'll see where they go. They did hint at another one. Uh, very brief. I'd like to see him a very um native character. I see let's see live action of him. I hope, I hope they, see there's a character there, man. Like like Nightwolf. You cannot not make him a a a a um uh uh a native American. You cannot change his race. You cannot just you do that. Oi, oi oi there's another thing that would just send people over the wall. You gotta leave Nightwolf the way he is yeah yeah don't don't not make him that Ooh, there'd be trouble <laughs> all right so that is uh but overall a, a fun movie uh for the action alone i wish i could have seen some of it although the gore much like saw movies there's a reason why i don't see saw movies in the theater would have made that a little hard to stomach So that is my take of Mortal Kombat circa 2021 on 4K Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Yes. You- review for this episode is Batman The Long Halloween Part 1 courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Warner Brothers Home Entertainment sent me a copy of this movie to review for the podcast. The opinions I share are my own. Now this is the adaptation of the uh, graphic novel Batman The Long Halloween which came out many, many years ago. And it's 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 Batman set in the early years of his career. And it's one of those stories that I've heard about for the longest time. I I meant to actually uh, go through and try to find a copy of the original story, The Long Halloween, to kind of read that and then compare how it was adapted. And there's been a lot of rumor that the new, you know, the live action The Batman, which is supposed to come out sometime, is supposed to be a loose adaptation of that same story. So we'll see how much the similarities uh, will be in this one. And and this is an interesting release. I mean, I it's one of those stories, I'm almost glad that I didn't know that well. It's not like the killing joke or some other ones that, you know, oh, I f- our death in the family. <laughs> I've known that plot for a very, very long time. Now, in this story, Batman this time is played by Jensen Eccles. And that's kind of cool. I, I It's always... And I always find it interesting with these uh, DC Universe movies that they, they're they constantly <laughs> recasting Batman. And I think that um, Jason Ecken, <laughs> Jason Eccles does a good job, You know, formerly of Supernatural, formerly of Smallville. And he's a good Batman and a good Bruce Wayne. And he has that kind of intensity, that <laughs> kind of quiet intensity, which works for Batman. And I, I like his interpretation in this. Totally works for me. Uh, so you have that, and this is again Batman in his early days of his career. It's set to, and and this is Gotham City at this point that's run by the mob. All right, it's run by the the a lot of the um, mob families, and it's very much a a kind of mob story. Uh, this time around, Alfred Pennyworth is voiced by Alistair Duncan, who I think does a really good job in this one, and and it shows a very young Jim Gordon. Uh, he's not commissioner yet. She even has a Barbara Gordon in this, a very young Barbara. And I, I find a lot of these stories, this, this new batch now that started with Superman, Man of Tomorrow. They're really trying to reset this DC universe. Like the, you know, prior to Batman, Superman, uh, but prior to Superman, Man of Tomorrow, they had that Flashpoint, and that kind of ended the run for a lot of that versions of those characters. And I see a trend with these in that we're starting over again. No, we're trying to show characters in the early part of their careers. And this is definitely a story that highlights that. So early in this career, Batman isn't so much a detective. You know, he's just a guy in a bat suit going around beating people up. <laughs> and keep in mind, this is a DC Universe movie. So there are some really intense, there is blood in this. This is another one of these movies. I keep saying, uh, if 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 you have young kids, just make them watch you know Batman the animated series original one Justice League Superman all those ones that that are more kid friendly much in the, the, the tradition of these direct video releases we've been getting the last few years it's very much an adult movie all right there there are, there are scenes of violence there's blood and it may not be appropriate for younger viewers viewer discretion is advised so keep that in mind so so uh, what's going on is the Gotham is run by the mob, a lot, and 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 you get introduced in this story to uh, to a a pre two faced Harvey Dent, voiced by Josh Duman, and he does a really good Harvey Dent too. I like his Harvey, and this is you know a young DA trying to make his way in the world. He's he's trying to balance home life, and 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 work, and he has a wife who. Clearly, they have some issues. They don't really go into it, but you get the feeling in this movie that that his wife is like can't have kids, and and there's there's some tension there, and and it almost mirrors Jim Gordon, and and you feel that he has tension with his wife and and in in his family duty in his job, getting pulling him away from his family duties, and we get introduced to a very young uh, Barbara Gordon. This one, this one, Barbara's like ten, maybe. In this, now now the the credits describe him as commissioner, but I don't know if he's really commissioner at this you know in this time in his career. And he's voiced by Billy Burke does a good job too. I, I like the voice cast in this story, it really works well. And uh, you get um, and then the other kind of main character in this one is you get uh, Selena Kyle this time is voiced Catwoman was voiced by Nea Rivera and I thought she does a good job. Very sultry, very working. And the voice of Joker in this one is done by Troy Baker. And his Joker is so close to Hamill's. It's really well done. I mean, other than Mark Hamill, to me, like modern day actors, I think Troy Baker really nails the Joker voice. And I believe he was the voice for Joker in The Batman, if you remember that animated show. And and he really does that uh, maniacal laugh down to a T. We do have Solomon Grundy in this one now, born on a Monday. They show him on the back cover, but I'm telling you, he is not prominent in this movie. He's kind of like in for a hiccup and gone. I believe in part two he has a bigger role. I would hope so. Otherwise, his appearance is pretty much wasted. Good old Solomon. And and it's it's very much Batman kind of Bruce working his way, and and so you have all these murders that keep happening around the holiday holidays, and they're all getting targeted by this mafia family. And and the big you know mystery in this first part is who's doing it, like who is targeting all these mob members, and they they really hint that it's the Joker, but you know, it's, it's, he's kind of in this, but, you know, we're not really sure that's actually him. And it builds up to a point at the end, not to spoil things, where we're going, hmm, where we go from here? And for all those who, who hate, you know, like, oh man, the story really didn't finish. It got to a point, and for all those people out there that got to the end of The Fellowship of the Ring, Lord of the Rings, and got to the end of that movie and went, You gotta be kidding me. Really, this is how it ends. This is how the story ends. I invested all this time, and this is how the story ends. This may (laughs) may cheese you off. This is the sad. Now, DC Universe anime, they haven't done this too often. They did uh, a part one, a part two for The Dark Knight Returns. That was the adaptation of the Frank Miller one, where it's like older, beefier, meaner Batman. They did that in a two parter. And the way they released that, it was like, Part one, part two, and then they did a combined release of both of those stories together. They did that for that. And then a while back they had the Rain, Death of Superman, the Reign of Superman, and they took they released those separate, and then they combined those for one big release too. So, dollars to donuts. This the second part of this movie is coming out in the fall. Uh rumor is August maybe, or maybe even this month, but sometime soon in the fall. And you watch Ramblers. They'll release this second part. And and then months after that, they'll release a a full Batman long Halloween, both parts together, one release. So it's up to you. Y'all can get this individually or or wait till they do it all together. And I have seen the cover art for the um, part two. And I like how if you take that cover art and you put it beside the cover art for this one, it makes a very interesting uh, visual for that. And speaking of visuals, the uh, you know, I'll, I've been talking about these, these last four releases, how the side cover art is spelling something out. That trend continues. I do need to take a picture of this, and maybe I'll, I'll eventually, I will actually put up on Twitter, It is spelling something out. The latest spine for this one does have a big C. How far they go? Will the next one, Part 2, have a piece of a U? And will it just... Because as far as I know, for this year, um, Batman Long Halloween Part 2 is the only other release scheduled out, I believe, for 2021. I don't think there's another one afterwards. I could be wrong. But I think that's it. So I don't know how far they're going to go with this spelling. I like the concept, though. And it is make it will make a nice display once I get them displayed up. And I, I will, just for your sake, I'll, I'll try to take a picture of it and throw it up on Twitter. You can see how it's starting to spell things out. And that's kind of neat. So I, you know, they, they used to do that all the time with, with spine art. And it's nice to see them bring that back. So I mention that. And so the story is, is interesting. It, it you have this this who done it or who's doing it really. Not done who's doing it. but the whole arc, it has a big thing at the end, and then you're still going, Okay, there's more to come. And and they set so much up for Two Face in this. There's so much foreshadowing with Harvey for for part two. <laughs> Did they ever do a heck of a lot of foreshadowing when when it comes to that? And and setting up that relationship between Jim, Batman and Harvey and how, you know, if you know your Batman history, things are not going to go the right way (laughs) anytime soon when it comes to that. So that, that's neat. And you have the whole Selena, Bruce, Batman thing relationship. There's one point at the end. It's like, really, Selena? (laughs) But, you know, it's the way it is. It's like, do you have more, do you not have more self-control, Really? (laughs) <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm doing the job. <laughs> so that happens for extras. You know, you get a, a good selection. Uh, I I didn't see a 4K on this. so was, this is just the DVD digital code. Uh, you do get, as usual, a showcase short. This time, it's on the character of the losers, and this is just a. It features a legendary uh, ragtag team of WW2 outcast that find themselves stranded on an uncharted tropical island where there are... that seems to be overrun by dinosaurs. So that's neat. And it's the same kind of not-for-kids thing. So that's it. Interesting uh, characters in the DC universe get highlighted there. You Of course, you get a, a teaser for the long Halloween part two in this, a sneak peek, and you get two bonus cartoons from the DC vault. This time around... I thought originally I thought, oh, okay, they'll, they'll be maybe they'll put like the first the 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 origin episodes of Two Face from Batman the Animated Series. That would make sense. Maybe they'll do that, but nope, nope. I think those episodes will probably be saved for um, part two. I don't know exactly yet. I haven't got all the details on the extras for that, but this is my prediction right now. But from DC Vault, we do get, and it's nice to see them on Blu-ray, the the two episodes from Batman the Animated Series, not the ones I was thinking, but the ones of Christmas with the Joker, which is fitting because it's this holiday themes and the Joker. That's a classic episode. It's fun to rewatch that again. And the and you, then you really notice how closely Trep Baker does Mark Hamill, kinda. And then the the story... And this is one I have not seen in a while. I almost forgot about it. It's Never Too Late. Which does make sense because it is a it is a mob story as well. So it ties in with the whole mob theme of The Long Halloween. So that works. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Part 2. They're teasing Poison Ivy has a part in it. Uh, I think even Mad Hatter as well. So, yeah. Uh, and to see where it goes. One thing I'm disappointed in this release, no commentary uh, by the crew, and and maybe nice have like another featurette on the long Halloween itself, the comic book, but maybe that's all going to be for part two. We'll see. I like the animation style. It, it's a good story, had a good pace, lots of whodunits in it, lots of good moments, but <sighs> But if, 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 if you're not happy with how it ended, you might want to wait until part two to get the whole story. But I like how it was done, and I, I, I hope they do more with Eccles with Batman. I mean, if you can't give me um, Kevin Conroy, uh, I'm, I'm happy with him uh, after this long Halloween series is done. So that is my take of Batman the Long Halloween Part 1 on the Blu-ray digital combo pack courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. In the, cool of the and everything is getting good. book review for this episode is the DC Comics Encyclopedia New Edition, courtesy of DK Publishing. Now this is the third of these encyclopedias I reviewed on the show. The first one goes way back to the early days of this podcast, back in 2008, when that first edition came out. I still have that, and that one is out of stock indefinitely, so good luck trying to find it. And what I liked about these books is this gives you a really good look into the multitude of characters in the DCU. It's, it's one of these books, I always like them, and it's a big, weighty book. It's one of those books, like, say you're watching a show, right, and a character, say like you're watching The Arrowverse, and a character appears in the show and you're going like, hmm, I've never heard of this character before. I would like to find out about this character and, and, and just like a brief little something so I know what about it <laughs> Well, with this book. It has a nice, huge alphabetical listing of every character up to current day. So if you see a show, you know, like Arrow or, or Supergirl or something, I'm going to Arrow, it's already done. Any kind of Arrow a show, you are know, like, hmm, I wonder what this character's history is in the comics. <laughs> Bammo! You can look that up. Or if you're, like, like, reading a new comic and you're like, I want to get the history of this character. <laughs> Bammo! You can look it up. And that's what I love about it. And also filled with gorgeous illustrations and and all three of these editions both the, the first one that i read back in 2008 and it took him a while to get to get another one i mean the we didn't get the second edition uh until 2016 and the 2008 one had a you know all these villains and heroes clashing and the 2016 one was cool because you had like heroes on the top, and then villains on the bottom kind of layout. And then this third one is, again, a nice, like, a montage to cover. It's all these heroes and villains just kind of mixing it up and battling and stuff. And it's visually very, very cute. So I got to do these, like, massive battle stuff. And as I said, these books are weighty. Like, the first book from back in 2008, now all hardcover that had a total of how many pages? It was a big, it was a big weighty book, right? And the 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 second one uh, had how many pages? All right, let me look at this one. Yeah, so the first book back in two thousand eight. That had a total of, and these, you know, I, I, I don't have the, I can't wait to put this one in a shelf along the other two. I, I don't have the, a lot of stuff is in tubs right now. I don't have a chance to do that, <laughs> but uh, one of these days. <laughs> so to give you an idea how big these books are, the first one back in 2008 had 400 pages, 400. So that was just 2008. Keep in mind, DC is adding characters all the time. And, you know, every every few years it's like, let's reboot the universe. So, 400 pages for the first one. And then we jump to 2016. And that one had a grand total of... 368 pages so they dropped it a little bit this one from cover to cover and it's a lot of cover has 386 pages so it's a little down uh, it's, a, it's higher than last year but smaller than the year before so there you go but it really is a definitive guide to it and while I get like it this year is besides, you know, just a nice, gorgeous spread, <laughs> what they've done, and you get an introduction as well in this one by, by Jim Lee. And if you know your comics, you should know who Jim Lee is. He does a forward. And the introduction is by one of the contributors to the contributing author to it, Matthew K. Manning, who has done a buttload of books. <laughs> and these are nice intros, and they really talk about the history of DC. And what they've done is, all, it's, you know, it's A, a to Z. Yes. I'm in Canada. So I say Z. and all the letters are color coded. So if you look at this book and you look at the side spine, right? You're going to see that each of the letters in the alphabet has their own color. So you can see that there's a buttload of B's and a lot of S's. And so if you say, you know, I think this character's name began with an S and you go, all right, let me just see here. All the S's are orange. Oh, it's gonna be in this section. It's a lot really quick way to find somebody. So if you're like in a hurry to find a character, bammo, it's there. And I'm always impressed by the the amount of work that goes into this, like because you got to dig up the history, you got to find you know like a nice some a nice you know representation of the character. And because the the history of DC is so crazy, because you know it's been for a lot of D reboots in the DCU. You know, the, the granddaddy of them all, of course, was Crisis and Infinite Earths back in 1985. And that rebooted a lot of stuff. And then we went a lot of years without any reboots. It was, yay! And then the one right after that would have been Flashpoint. And that was back in 2011. And then that was a big reboot. That happened. And then, you know, I don't know, people are just impatient. <laughs> and, and it didn't take that long to do another one. And then, we, then the next kind of big reboot after that is we had the new 50 and then the, the Flashpoint kicked off the new 52. And, and actually, if you want to hear more about Flashpoint 7-52, go back to my Fan Expo footage from that time. Where I, spoke. I spoke with then head of DC Dantidio, and we talked about the changes back in those Fan Expo episodes. Ex- ex- episodes and you can hear more of and I'll give you, tell you how to get to those at the end of the show. So that's there. Then the last kind of big reboot they did after 2011 is of course the DC universe rebirth that happened in 2016. So we go from the history from Silver Age, Bronze Age, Golden, Crisis, then Dark Age, then into Modern Age, then Flashpoint, And then that's part of the modern age then we hit rebirth and then now we're in the prime age the reign of age names (laughs) so it's it's a huge history of comics going back from 1938 right until present day and each of the entries you know you have nice pictures of each character some characters of course get a bigger spread than others your big your trinity of course they get a nice big four page spread a lot of the bigger characters uh, get at least a page, sometimes two pages, or a half a page. Uh, you know, it, it varies. And, and one of the things they did in this novel, or uh, this uh, this year's edition, and I don't know um, if they did this in previous ones. I have a chance to dig the old ones up. <laughs> Is they do a section for a lot of characters, of course, because of all these reboots and all the universes rebooting. So many histories of many of these characters have changed. Like, altered tweet and so what they've done for a lot of the entries uh for some of the ones that have been around a long time is they do a section called on the record and this is like okay your your main bio is the present history of these characters and then we're going to go on the record and we're going to say all right here's some of the past history so prior to you know this reboot or this reboot here's how the character was portrayed And for, you know, say new fans to the DCU, this is a great little history lesson. I love that, that it says, okay, here's the present history of these characters, but here's, you know, what happened to them before. Here's how some of their history was treated before. And I really like that that's done that way. And I know with all these books, you do, of course, get, you know, the, the when they debuted, what issue, what year, real name, you know, base, height, weight. Powers, allies, and enemies, and and this book, I it is just chock a block full of stuff, and I really like it. Uh, in that, I mean, if, if you wanted, if you just if you just wanted like the definitive lookup book, and they do a Marvel one like so this, very similar, this is the one to go for. And you know, and we're we, now we're talking. Five years since the last one. Will it be another five years? Will we not get another DC Comics Encyclopedia new edition until probably 2026? Maybe. Uh, but, you know, you know, if, if you haven't picked up the old ones, and like I say, the, the, the 2008 one is completely out of print, according to DK. I looked in their catalog, and you can't even order it. Now, if you want, you can still order... I believe the 2016 one, according to when I checked their catalog listing, that one is still available. So if you still want to get that, you can. But if you want to get to 2008, try to use bookstores, maybe, to get that. But, I mean, if you're a fan of the DC Universe, or if you want to do some major catch-up, yeah, this is the book to do it. It is (laughs) weighty. It is definitely a coffee table book. But it's nice, you know I, I, it's like I forgot how long it's been since the last one. like five years have gone by since anew and and it's, it's another welcome addition to you know just highlight so many you know characters you know, characters you don't know and even like right at the back, they, you know there's a listing for some that are just like you know we want to acknowledge they exist but you know they were kind of in and gone and so we're just going to give a like a little like roll call of ones and then that's it. like the character of Wilderbeast uh from teen titans who had not the greatest end to him (laughs) he gets this little roll call edition. so there's a lot in here there aren't i think the maven i can't think right now there were some omissions that i went like why isn't this character in here but other than that uh it, it is um <laughs> it is the the most comprehensive you're gonna find heck even condiment king <sighs> uh is in here, although Lord mighty <laughs> there's a villain for you, and uh, I think even polka dot man's in here so. Yeah, if you want to trip down history lane when it comes to the DC universe, you can't go wrong with this book. So that is my take of the DC Comics Encyclopedia New Edition circa 2021, courtesy of the great folks at DK Publishing. to wrap it up for this edition of the show hope you all enjoyed it as always you can touch me the number of ways you can always check me out on twitter i'm at rambling russ at r-a-m-b-l-i-n-g-r-u-s-s tweet me i'll tweet you back i appreciate everyone that relikes really and favorites my tweets and if you follow me i will follow you on twitter that is my pledge to anybody you follow me i'll follow you right back and look for me on twitter i i put i when i post a new episode i put a uh, you know, cover art from it, and then occasionally just odd random things. Sometimes I'll throw on Twitter. You never know what I'm going to tweet. So, <laughs> check me out there <laughs> when it comes to that. And of course, you can check out all the episodes right here in the Talk Show Network. I'm caller uh, ID 18411. That's my caller ID. Look me up here on Talk Show. All new episodes appear here, as well as in many directories across the world wide web, including Google Play and Spotify. And if you want to take a trip back in down memory lane, as I mentioned earlier in the show, and you want to check out some of that old Fan Expo footage, like I said, where I talked to Dan DiDio about the whole rebirth and all that stuff way back in 2011, then check out my original home internet at Libsyn, that is HTTP full colon backslash backslash R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S dot Libsyn, that's dot L-I-B-S-Y as in Yankee and as in November dot com. That's my first home on the internet, where I have a lots of old shows from 2006, right up in 2013, and then I switched to more full-time basis here on TalkShoe. Lots of great inven- uh, convention coverage from my fan expo days, and a, um, and uh, lots of great old interviews on there too. And speaking of my fan expo days, boy, and, and of course you can try older episodes, uh you know the other directors discuss worldwide web and on itunes just type in rhino russell in the search engine you'll find my older episodes there <laughs> that's it speaking of fan expo and you know a long-term listeners of the show know uh back in the early days of the show i, I tried to go out to conventions and cover stuff as much as i could like you invite me i'll show up that was my motto it still stands to this day <laughs> and and I've always maintained that, but we, you know, the global pandemic and other things happening. I haven't always been able to do that. Well, that's going to change. Oh, and I don't say permanently, but I have a uh, last between uh, last show. And now I did get an invite to a very special event. That's coming to the Yorkdale mall in the GTA where, you know, I'm in Niagara right now, but it, not too far from me. And it's going to be on of the, the, the Avengers Avengers tour the the touring exhibit is coming to the greater Toronto area to Yorkdale and and to uh, the nice kind of folks at tarot PR which are the fine folks that helped uh, supply me with um, videos from the great uh, guys at Sony and Universal and well go USA they have uh, been Kind enough to uh, grant uh, let me know about this event coming to Yorkdale and I've got a media pass to attend an early screen of it later on this month. So I'm going to hop my butt in the car and boot my butt a little further north, and kind of east, to the GTA. And I'm going to be able to check this out for a whole hour for you and and get my impressions of this. And it's really cool because I didn't think this would come to Toronto. This is a very similar exhibit that has appeared, I believe there's something like that, in Vegas in the States. And this like... First time it is coming to to at least my neck of the woods, so I'm super excited to attend it. This is, I mean, I haven't been to a live event in ages. Uh, I do plan on, um, you know, I, I'll give you my impressions of it, just like I do in a convention, and uh, and I'll try to talk to some people there and just make a really cool special out of it that hopefully should air sometime early August. It depends how much I record, how much editing I do. I said, it's been a long time since I put that hat on and and I, and I, I want to do a really good job. Cause uh, I, 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 you know, it's just it's hard to get invites to things anymore because of just the way the world is. So that is coming up. And that's the reason why I, I finally got a new field mic because you know, I want to make sure that I get as, as good audio as I can with this. And, um, yeah, and so I, I, you know, definitely want to check out this Avengers station. And if you are in the Toronto area, you know, uh, it it opens July 29th for a limited engagement. So I'm going to go July twenty, you know, a few days early to check it out. Then, then yeah, check it out. Uh, I, I will put... Uh, the, the web address for it is, you know, and tickets are on sale right now. Uh, the web address is www.avengersstationcanada.com. And yeah, it's it should be a really fun thing, and I get to have like a whole hour to, to view it. And I'll, I will try to take pictures with my phone, and, and those are the kind of things that definitely I will you know get up on on Twitter. So keep watching. And I will throw them up there and talk to anybody I can just about this, you know, really cool thing, you know, that, that is is coming because things are opening up and it looks like such a cool exhibit. And, and, you know, my biggest enemy as always, because if you're long-term listeners to the show, you know, my biggest challenge every time I've gone to conventions is traffic, right? Getting there, (laughs) coming back. And then, you know, May the, may the 400 gods be kind to me, and it'll be decent. I'll be leaving really early in the morning uh, to go to this. But, um, yeah, so, and it's going to be, you know, just all kinds of stuff there uh, when it comes to Avengers. It's going to be like the um, Iron Man's hall of uh, Hall of Armor. There is going to be Bruce Banner's lab. There's the, uh, there'd be like a millionaire there, uh, all kinds of stuff. And I, I said, this is something that I thought I have to go away like to Vegas for, or States and it's coming to my neck of the woods. So yeah, uh, event coverage, of, at least for now coming back to the show. I, I, I don't know how much more I'm going to do this in the future. Uh, but yeah. So look forward to that. It, it's, it should be a lot of fun. And um, I'm really grateful to get a, an invite for it. So cool beans. That's coming up uh, sometime in early August. Uh, when it comes to reviews, lots more to talk about. Uh, uh, when it comes to that, uh, coming up in the next show, uh, I'm, I'm finally, speaking of things I'm finally getting back to doing again, I had a chance to actually finally, if I the rock, finally uh, check out Black Widow. In a theater. Yes, I didn't think I'd have a chance, Ramblers. I thought, man, I bet it's going to hit Disney+, Plus and I'll never see it in a the theater. Well, after over a year, and I never thought I'd say that, after over a year of not being able to see anything in a the theater, I finally got a chance to go to the theater and see the movie. And so on the next episode, not only will you get my take of what it's like to see a movie in a theater post, well, not well in, in this pandemic, pandemic era, but um, and in my and but the, to, like to my impressions of actually attending going there after such a long time. But the actual movie itself, and boy, do I have a lot to say about that because this is a movie. Keep in mind, Ramblers, I've been talking about this for over a year. I wanted to see that movie like last May, I was so close going and then things went. Pfft. so oh guys I know you guys have been waiting long term been waiting. next show, Black widow, you're gonna get the download from me and you know you know me man. ah you get an honest review from me. I won't spoil things, but I got things to talk about when it comes to that. Also on the next episode we're gonna go back again in time a little bit to the the um you know a few decades ago to the, the crazy story uh, of one Charlie Manson in the TV miniseries Held to Skelter an American Myth on DVD courtesy of great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. So I'll talk about that. And boy, did he ever control women? Sh, not the day. And then on uh, next episode, I'll give you my DVD review of yet another spin on the old Cinderella story. And this is the DVD review of Cinderella Story Starstruck courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment where the that old tale, tile as old as time. It's another retelling with a country kind of twist. And then as well, I'll include my book review of the from DK WWE, Rule of the Ring, where you get the down low and all the superstars of the WWE. <laughs> so that is on the next show. And I'm um, coming up in future shows. I did get uh, both from the great folks at paramount 4k copies of uh gi joe rise of cobra and gi joe retaliation because of course snake eyes gi joe origins just open up as well and you're asking yourself hey russ you gonna go see that i don't know (laughs) i may not be able to check that out until it hits video two or three months from now but you know it's just you know, does it mean I'm going back to movies every weekend? No, I, no. <laughs> as much as I'd like to, but it's nice to have the opportunity again. So, uh, we'll go back and look at the early Joe movies uh, for you guys. And uh, book review-wise, uh, speaking of Avengers, uh, DK did send me a brand new Avengers book, since we're talking all Avengers and everything, and I might more likely include this book review with the um, with my review of the Avengers Station event, and that is the uh, Marvel Avengers: The Ultimate Character Guide, another new edition courtesy of DK Publishing, and as well they did send me in an, uh, which will appear in an upcoming show a yet another uh, revised edition. This time though, it is the uh, Star Trek book, Strange New Worlds. Boldly explained the new edition revised and updated courtesy of DK. And that review will probably go with my review uh, in the near future of Star Trek Discovery Season 3 on Blu-ray. That was sent to me courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Entertainment. So lots more to come uh, uh, on the show. So much content coming up. And I'm just going to get it out there as much as I can for you guys. Will the pattern of shows coming up be the director of the show? No, 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 I can't. Uh, You're lucky when I get weekly and I I cannot always do two shows a week. So consider yourself fortunate when those things occur. All right, because it is what it is. Anyway, that's enough talking for this show. Uh, as always, too, uh, another reminder that if you want to contribute to the show, if you want to decide what gets reviewed next and, and help me out when it comes to things and control the direction of the show, my Amazon wish list is still active, if you want to check that out. Anything that is on the wish list, I will review on the show. So that's your chance to pick and choose, and I've picked a wide variety of things there, and you can choose whatever you want. doesn't matter what price point. You can... You know, totally obligatory. I'm just trying to give it a chance for you as a listener to interact with the show. Keep in mind, some of the things in the list are on pre-sale, so I may not get them right away, but uh, I, anything you guys do with that would be terrific. And if you want to donate like that a Mainer Anonymous, you can, but if you don't, I will gladly credit anybody who does that and thank them on the show. Absolutely, you know I will. And uh, the link for that will be in the show notes. And I will also throw it up on Twitter as well. And you can look through some old tweets and it's in there too. So that'd be great. But the choice is up to you. You don't have to do it. You know, you can still listen to the show clearly for free. I don't charge to listen to the show. But if you want to contribute and control what I do review, the opportunity is there for you. That is it for me. I hope you enjoyed the show and a test out of this brand new microphone. Although some parts of the show, maybe I didn't use it. That's you to figure out. Anyway, that's it up for me, and we'll catch you next time right here on Rambled with Russell. Bye, everybody! Thanks for listening.